What up, what up, what up, y'all? Hype Mike the Sports Guy coming at you so fly. And today, 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 we are going to discuss the Los Angeles Rams versus the Seattle Seahawks, the Thursday night nationally televised game in which we, shout out to my 12s, got spanked 26 to 17 on Thursday night, October the 7th, 2021. Now look. I know you look at the score and you say, oh, the Rams beat the Seahawks 26-17. to That's not that bad. Wrong. It was horrible. Horrible. And we're going to get into that in just a second. And we're also going to get into the current state of the Seahawks. I'm looking at you, Peter, Clay, Carroll. I'm looking at our GM, John Snyder. I'm looking at our defensive coordinator, Ken Norton Jr. And we're also going to talk a little bit about Russell Wilson, who is now going to be out between four, six to eight weeks with a mallet finger that was also broken that he had to have surgery on. We're going to get into all of it, but first... Let's talk about this Thursday night primetime nationally televised game versus the L.A. Rams, our division rival in the NFC West. Y'all, yes, yes, we only lost by nine points. We should have lost by 39 points. That's how discouraging this game was. Let me break it down for you like this. There were several plays in the game that really highlighted and showed the state of our team right now. Let's get into this first quarter, all right? First quarter. It is the first quarter, and we're marching down the field. It's third and two, and we run the ball for no gain. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, we see that the offense is staying on the field. Oh, snap. We're going for it. Mind you, at this point, it's the first, it's the first quarter. We're on the Rams' side of the field, so we're close. We're close to either getting a field goal, which at the time, we could have kicked a 47-yard field goal. Or we get the first down, and we continue our march down the field. Pete Carroll says we're going for it. That's pretty rare for a Pete Carroll team, as many of you know. Most of the time, we don't go for it on fourth down. We go for it. We hand the ball to our backup running back. Let me repeat. We hand the ball to our backup running back because Chris Carson is out with a neck injury. Our backup running back, Alex Collins, and we run the ball right at Aaron Donald. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? We get negative one yards, turnover on downs. That kind of mindset, that kind of thinking... That kind of play calling is discouraging for an entire team. Let's go to the second quarter. I'm looking at second quarter. Getting close to the end of the half. We drive the ball down the field. Russell is wheeling and dealing and and being Russell Wilson. Magic. Throws a touchdown pass to Tyler Lockett. Oh, there's a flag. Holding. On Dwayne Brown, our Pro Bowl left tackle who held out most of training camp because he wanted a contract extension. 
the same Dwayne Brown who gave up two sacks on Sunday to the 49ers, there is a holding call on him. The touchdown is negated. We have a 35, I believe it was a 35, within 35 to 37-yard field goal attempt after the holding call. And we missed that. So instead of having a touchdown by Russell Wilson to Tyler Lockett because of the hold on Dwayne Brown, we have a field goal attempt that we miss. Do you know how discouraging that is to a team? Like, that's unacceptable football. That is unacceptable football. Mind you, at the time, the score was 7-3. to three. If we score that touchdown, we're up 14-3 at home with the 12th man behind us. And you know that 12th man, we don't play. Instead, we think at least we'll be up 10-3. to No, 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 no. We miss a field goal. Oh, so frustrating. So frustrating and debilitating. Third quarter. Let's look at the third quarter. Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford underthrew or overthrew his receivers all day long. Because of our terrible defense, they were wide open. And we'll get into that in just a second. We'll get into that. I promise you we'll get into that. Matthew Stafford, in the third quarter, connects with Deshaun Jackson on a 68-yard pass. That was what they needed to get going. Football is a game of momentum. Now, technically, if we're being technical, he was off on that pass, too. He underthrew Deshaun Jackson. But once Deshaun slowed down and caught the ball, that opened up the entire game for the Rams. It opened up the game. It changed the momentum of the game. And do you know who that pass was on? That pass was on Jamal Adams, our $70 million man. And I know, I know many people are like, no. No, it was on Sidney Jones, the guy we traded for. We gave up a six-round pick to get Sidney Jones. It was on him. No. That was a cover two defense. That's on the safety and the corner. It's on both of them. And look, Sidney Jones messed up on that play without question. But so did Jamal Adams. Because I know what Jamal Adams was trying to do. Pete Carroll told us in his news conference after. He was trying to present, prevent the deep pass. Do you know the problem with that is, though? You have to play the ball. You have to play the ball. That was a huge play that opened up the entire Rams offense. That 68-yard bomb to Deshaun Jackson that Matthew Stafford finally connected with him on. Like, like we gave up two first-round picks and a third-round pick and paid him $70 million. This is Jamal Adams. We're paying him a four-year, $70 million contract with $38 million guaranteed. You cannot get beat like that. You just can't. You just can't. Mind you, later on, 
in the third quarter as well. Tyler Higby, the tight end for the L.A. Rams. One-on-one coverage versus Jamal Adams. He beat Jamal Adams so bad. The announcer said Jamal Adams versus Tyler Higby in a one-on-one matchup. That's a mismatch. That's a mismatch every time. We're talking about Tyler Higby. We're not talking about George Kittle or, or Travis Kelsey. We're talking about the L.A. Rams' Tyler Higby, the tight end who pro football focus ranked the 18th best tight end in the NFL. There's only 32 teams in the NFL. That means he's below the top half of tight ends in the NFL. And they're saying it's a mismatch to have Jamal Adams, who's the highest paid safety in NFL history. It is a mismatch to have Jamal Adams guarding him. What kind of sense does that make? It should be a mismatch for our advantage, not for the Rams' advantage. Like, I don't understand it. Pro Football Focus gave Jamal Adams a rating of a 38, I believe it was, for this game. That's one of the worst ratings, the second worst rating of any defensive player on our team this game. The $70 million man, the second highest played defensive player on our team besides Bobby Wagner, had the second worst rating versus the Rams in our game. That is unacceptable. It is completely, completely unacceptable. The same Jamal Adams who set an NFL record for sacks for safety last year with nine and a half, still has zero sacks on the year. Are you kidding me? (sighs) We gave up 12th man. We gave up 476 yards of total offense. To the LA Rams. 476 yards. Now, 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 mind you, we're allowing a pace of 451 yards a game. That's the worst in the NFL, and it's on track to set an NFL record for most yards allowed in the season. <laughs> we're on track. To be a historically horrific defense, even though our head coach is known for defensive coaching. Make it make sense. Somebody. And look, I'm on such a roll right now. We'll have to get to the Rams game later. We'll just have to get back to it later on. Let's talk about Pete Carroll because I'm already on that train and I've got to keep going. Listen here. Listen here. The first five games of last year, we were on pace to be the worst defense of all time. We ha- we gave up 2,356 yards in five games last year. I'll, I'll repeat myself. 2,356 yards in five games last year. This year, 
in the first five games of 2021, we have given up 2,254 yards. We're only 100 yards off from what we did last year. And yet, Peter Clay Carroll has not hired a new defensive coordinator. I'm looking at you, Ken Norton Jr. He has not. He has absolutely not. When Pete Carroll started with the Seahawks, we had, sometimes, many a year, we had the first-ranked defense. This year, we had the last-ranked. It's unacceptable, and there have been no changes. Like, it's ridiculous, and I don't want to hear this narrative. Ooh, the media portrays this narrative. Well, the Seahawks turned it around uh, halfway through the year last year. No! No, we did not. Let's look at the facts, all right? Let's look at the facts. Reportedly, Pete Carroll stated that we had a meeting, I believe it was week seven of last year, 2020, with the defense, an accountability meeting, where everybody stated what their job was, and they got straight to the facts. And that turned around the defense for the rest of the year. Wrong! After we played the L.A. Rams, I believe it was week eight, we went on to play the Arizona Cardinals. We had a good defensive game. And the Arizona Cardinals are sixth ranked in offense last year, the year 2020. They were the sixth ranked offense in the NFL. So you could say, okay, the Seahawks, they played a good game. After we played the Cardinals in week eight, we played the Eagles, who had the 24th ranked offense. We played the Giants, who had the 31st ranked offense. We had the Jets who had the last-ranked offense at the 32nd-ranked offense in the NFL, and we had the Washington football team, who had the 30th-ranked offense. Like, that's one, two, three, four teams who are on the bottom of the barrel in offensive production. We then went on to play the Rams, who had the 11th-ranked offense, and the Niners, who had the 15th-ranked offense. So besides the Cardinals... We didn't play anybody in top 10 offensive production last year in the bottom half of the season. Matter of fact, we played four games against teams in the bottom barrel of offensive production last year. So don't give me this narrative that we turned it around. We were playing scrubs. We were playing people my grandma could have guarded. You better stop it. It's ridiculous. Clay Carroll deserved to be fired. John Snyder deserved to be fired. We gave up two. We don't don't have a first-round pick next year. Again. We got Jamal Adams, and we paid him $70 million. That man can't guard a tight end who's below average. Are you kidding me? Oh. I'm so upset. I'm so upset. Like, we gave up a six-round pick for Sidney Jones, who's getting burned out there. But we got to keep him out there because our only option is Trey Flowers. Oh, my God. Now, mind you, we gave up a six-round pick for Sidney Jones. The Panthers, they gave up a six-round pick 
for one of the best corners in the NFL. And Stephon Gilmore. So the Panthers gave up what we gave up for Sidney Jones. We couldn't have got Stephon Gilmore. I mean, you see our secondary. You see what's going on in our secondary. That leads me right back to the Rams. Robert Woods. Robert Woods, the Rams starting receiver. 12 receptions, 150 yards. Cooper Cup, who was open all day. Seven receptions for 92 yards. Deshaun Jackson got that big play for 68 yards. Truth be told, if Matthew Stafford was accurate at all versus us, he should have passed for 600 yards. Guys were wide open. Wide open. Wide open. And, and, oh, oh, this goes right back to Pete Carroll. Peter Clay Carroll. We used a nickel defense versus the Niners last Sunday. Now, for those of you that don't know, nickel is essentially five corners on the field at the same time. It's five corners on the field at the same time to prevent somebody from passing. So, like, if you want to stop people from passing the football, you are going to put out a nickel defense. I said five corners. I meant five defensive backs. To force the team to run the ball because you should not be able to pass the ball against a nickel defense. That is the defense we ran versus the 49ers. When we face the Rams... Pete Carroll was asked after the game, why did Ryan Neal, who was a part of our nickel defense and was used very heavily versus the 49ers, I thought he did a great job versus versus, uh, versus, uh, uh, Kittle, George Kittle. Now, even though Kittle ended up being on injured reserve this week, so I don't know if he was playing injured. I'm assuming he was versus us. Still thought Ryan Neal did a great job versus George Kittle. Pete Carroll was asked, hey, Peter, how come Ryan Neal only played six snaps versus the Rams? Peter Clay Carroll replied, we just didn't have that in our defensive game plan. (laughs) The Rams are the number three right now ranked passing offense. They, They throw... They have an average of 310 passing yards per game. Number three in the NFL. They are not in the top 10 of rushing yards per game. They average 98 rushing yards a game. That's not even in the top 10. I think it's about the about top between 13 and 15 in the NFL. So their passing offense is top five. Is that number three? And their running offense. It's average. And yet, it wasn't in your mind to use a nickel defense that is suited to guard against the pass? Make it make sense, Peter. Make it make sense. You should have forced them to run the football. So far this year, the Rams are just okay at running the football. They're great at passing the ball. And yet... It wasn't in your plans to put five defensive backs on the field to prevent them from passing it? That wasn't in the game plan? 
Then who wrote the game plan? What were you thinking about? <sighs> like I said, like I said, Robert Woods, 12 receptions, 150 yards. Cooper Cup, 7 receptions, 92 yards. Deshaun Jackson, only one catch, but 68-yard reception. Now, mind you, mind you, like I said, if Matthew Stafford was accurate, he could have thrown for 600 yards. Matthew Stafford, with all of his inaccuracy, with his injured finger, which he injured in the game and had to get taped up during the game, he still threw for 365 yards. He was 25 for 37 for 365 yards in a touchdown. Now, Matthew Stafford was off. And even in his offness, he only missed 12 passes. Now, he did throw an interception, but he was off. If he was on, he'd have had 600 yards versus. Guys were wide open. Jordan Brooks? Jordan Brooks? Our last first-round pick? The linebacker we drafted in the first round that everybody was surprised we drafted in the first round when he came out of the draft in 2019. I believe it was 2020. He's terrible in coverage. He's terrible. Terrible. I mean, my goodness. We look so disjointed on all, on, on defense. Oh, I mean, it was so bad. I honestly saw somebody. And this is a true story. I saw somebody direct Bobby Wagner, our all-pro middle linebacker. We had to, he had to be directed on which gap assignment was his. Oh, I, I, I'm at a loss for words. And look, even Bobby, Bobby's, Bobby's getting a million tackles. Bobby's all over the field. He's tackling everybody. Everything that walks, Bobby's tackling it. You know, like, I, I, I mean, uh, um, let me see. What, what, what did he get? Even him. He only got four tackles uh, on Thursday, but for the most part this season, he's been tackling left and right. With that being said, as as much as Bobby's been tackling, we got all kinds of problems in the middle of the field where our middle linebacker is. If that's not a red flag, I don't know what is. I mean, <laughs> I just, I just don't understand how we can still be in the same situation we can still be in the same situation that we were in last year with a bad defense and a very, very questionable offensive line and a meager running game. How can we still be in the same situation as we were in last year? And mind you, mind you, the GM, John Snyder, our GM, the head coach, Pete Carroll, our head coach, they saved $11 million in cap space this year through extensions and, and, and restructuring contracts and what have you. So we have $11 million available to spend, and we haven't done anything with it. We've done nothing with it. So stressful. Like it's piss poor. It's completely unacceptable. Let's talk about Russell Wilson. Let's talk about Russell Wilson.
Okay, look. These are the facts. These are the facts. Russell Wilson was hurt in the game versus the Rams. At this point, we should all know that. He was hurt in the game versus the Rams. All right, he injured his right middle finger. I'm giving you guys a little bit of medical terminology here. Look, he sustained two in- injuries to the finger, and he had to have surgery. That's all I'm going to leave it at that. He's expected to be out for at least four weeks. At least four weeks. Mind you, Geno Smith came in, didn't play horribly. Thought he actually gave us a little bit of energy. He finished 10 of 17, 131 yards, one touchdown, and the late interception where Tyler Lockett was tripped or tripped over himself. Um, it was a little kind of touch and go there, but the late interception. So 131 yards for Geno Smith, a touchdown and interception. So we're going to have to go and we're going to have to lean on Geno for at least four weeks. Now, mind you, right now, currently, as it stands, we're the last team in the NFC West. We just lost our Hall of Fame quarterback for the minimum, like I said, of four weeks. We are in trouble. Now is desperation time. No, no, no. A lot of people will say it's not time to panic. Yes, it's time not to panic. It's time to have the utmost urgency. The utmost urgency. We've got to fix our defense. We've got to fix our defense. I think Ken Norton Jr. should be fired while I'm speaking. While I am speaking. Jamal Adams is not a coverage safety. He needs to stop being used as one. He's not Earl Thomas, who we had years ago, all pro free safety. He's not Cam Chancellor. He is an in-the-box safety. He is Roy Williams from the Dallas Cowboys. He's a small linebacker that we overpaid. And we have to come to terms with that and put him in his proper place, which is in the box, attacking the quarterback and stopping the run. That's what we need to do. We need to clear and simplify that defense. I think we may have to use a nickel defense almost all the time. Teams are passing all over us. Like all over us. Like I, 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 I said it, I said it just a second ago. We are allowing an average of 451 yards per game. That, that, that's what we're allowing. Like we've got to stop the pass. Look, Pete Carroll's defense is always built on not giving up the big play. That's what it's built on, not giving up the big play. Well, guess what? We're giving up the big play, the underneath play, the shallow play, the little play, the big play, all kinds of plays. We're just giving them up. We allowed 336 yards to the Colts in week one. We allowed 532 yards to the Titans in week two. We allowed 453 yards to the Vikings in week three. We allowed 453. 57 yards to the Niners in week four, and we allowed 476 yards to the Rams on Thursday. We're giving up everything. 
We've got to start using our nickel defense more. We've got to put Jamal Adams back in the box and just say, hey, we overspent. This is who he is. We've got to find an offense that works for Geno. We've just got to find a simplified offense that works. Uh, Pete Carroll said after the game, Geno Smith can do everything Russell Wilson can do. No, that's wrong. Because if he could, he'd be starting somewhere. He cannot. We need to simplify it for him. And we need to have better play calling. You run it straight at Aaron Donald on fourth and two. Pete Carroll, what is wrong with you? We needed you to run it on fourth and two. We were in the Super Bowl versus the Patriots. That's when you should have run it on fourth and two. So anyway, that's where I'm at. I think we need to make a change. I think Pete Carroll needs to go. Uh, no, there's no sympathy here. He needs to go. Um, and this is what it comes down to. Remember, everyone. Remember, Russell Wilson already expressed frustration with the organization. He already expressed that he was interested or even looking at other places because of the way our organization was run. There's no way that the way that we have performed thus far in this season does anything to quell those concerns. And at the end of the day, would I rather have Russell Wilson, who's a first-round Hall of Famer, and a quarterback who still has five to seven more years, maybe even ten more years to play football? Or would I rather have 70-year-old Pete Carroll, who I'm not even sure, like, literally, shout out to him for the Super Bowl, but you do realize we had Hall of Famers on that defense. Like, we had a great running back in Marshawn Lynch. We had Hall of Famers, Richard Sherman, Earl Thomas, Cam Chancellor. If they're not Hall of Famers, they're all pro players. We had top-notch players. We had the Legion of Boom. And then we had Marshawn Lynch. One of the best running backs of the modern era. Then we drafted a third-round quarterback who turned out to be great in Russell Wilson. Like, I don't even know. I truly don't even know. I think Pete Carroll did a great job motivating. I think he did a great job sustaining our level of success as a franchise. You know, we've been very successful over, what, a 10-year span? We've been very successful. So I have to give him credit for that. But I can't even give him 100% credit for that. I Honestly, I give him some luck for that. Wasn't Richard Sherman a fifth-round pick? Do you know what I mean? Wasn't Russell Wilson a third-round pick? I give him a little luck for that because if you think about it, we had already signed Matt Flynn to like a $10 million a year contract. So we believed in Matt Flynn. We got Russell Wilson in the third, but Matt Flynn was supposed to be our quarterback. Pete Carroll signed Matt Flynn. When Russell Wilson was drafted to a $10 million a year deal. He got fortunate with Russell Wilson. But I don't, I look at Pete Carroll's coaching and I think he's a better motivator. Than he is an X's and O's coach. I think he is. I, 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 I can't look at anything he's done and said, oh, this was just great coaching. He's predictable. We run the ball on first. We run the ball on second. On third down, we try to get enough yards through the pass to get a first down. And then we'll run the ball on first. We'll run the ball on second again. And this is the thing. It's not even creative runs. It's in the A-gap. It, it, it's right at the defensive tackles. Every time. You see the defensive players calling it out. It's predictable. 
I, I, like I said, I thank him for the Super Bowl. You know, I think we he got he did good motivating. Uh, we spanked the Broncos in that Super Bowl. I think he had the defense hyped. But from an X and O standpoint, I don't think he's a great coach. I think he's a great motivator. I think he's a great energy guy. But the X's and O's are extremely questionable. You don't run the ball at the best defensive player in football in Aaron Donald on fourth and two. Especially when you don't even have your starting running back. But what I don't understand is when you had your starting running back in the Super Bowl on fourth and two, you or, or third and two, you didn't run the ball. Make it make sense. Oh. Hi, Mike, the sports guy, coming at you so fly. Look. We bleed lime green here. And we will continue. We will always rep the 12th man. But we got to turn this thing around. We have to turn this thing around. And if we can't fire Pete, I know Pete is high up in the organization. It's basically the GM, the owner, everything at this point. Then fire Ken Norton Jr. We have to do something. We cannot continue to sit on our butts and tell ourselves that everything is okay. It's not. Use that $11 million. Get aggressive in your trades. And for gosh sakes, put Jamal Adams in the box. Hi, Mike, the sports guy. Coming at you so fly. Look, next Sunday, we're playing the Pittsburgh Steelers. We're going to get locked in. We're going to get completely locked in. And we are going to turn this ship around. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. Look, I love y'all. I'll see y'all next Sunday. Not this Sunday. Next Sunday, after we face the Pittsburgh Steelers, after we defeat them. Hype Mike, the sports guy. Look, I love y'all. Peace.